look back and reminisce on these times once we're forced to have to go into an office and resume our lives as normal. Yeah, I think we're all going to miss it to some capacity, which is just crazy to think that we're going to miss a killer virus out there. But, you know, I got to say, I think I've grown a little accustomed to this, Jay. I have. I don't know if I can go back to my my normal life. I was barely hanging on by a thread there from a mental standpoint. And uh, I think I've completely lost it. So I have no idea what's going to happen. That's all right. It sounds like you, uh, you're among the rest of us out there. But it will definitely be challenging, which is why we wanted to bring you some fire here, ladies and gentlemen. Jay has forbid me to say the word lit. So I'm going to use the word fire for the second week in a row. Last week, we had Mr. Luis Robles on the podcast. He's our starting goalkeeper and team captain. And this week, Jay, we got the man himself. What's what's better than house music, Jay? That filthy trap music. That trap music. Will Trap, ladies and gentlemen, will be joining the podcast today. Yes, we are very excited. We thank the listeners who really enjoy uh, learning more about Will from none other than himself. I mean, who, who else to tell you a better story than the man? Absolutely. And if you don't do so already, follow us on Instagram, Facebook at Inner Miami Podcast, or drop us an email, Jay and Alex at InnerMiamiPodcast.com. We love to hear from every single one of you. We released this news exclusively on our social media platforms on Friday. So if you do not follow us, be sure to do so. Um, go ahead, drop us DMs, emails. We love to chat with you. Uh, pop on the App Store. Give us a five-star review. We appreciate it greatly. And Jay, we had one hell of a listener spike due to Lewis last week. We did. It was great to see. Uh, I know everyone, it's kind of interesting in time to see all this because, you know, a lot of people listen in the office or on their way to work. So I don't know where everyone's carving out the time now, but yeah, very cool to see. Uh, you know, welcome everyone to the Inner Miami podcast. I am Jay Kington, uh, not alongside because we're still quarantining, but uh, Mr. Alex, Papa George, not a ton of news outside of the interview we wanted to bring you. I think the the probably the hottest thing that came out this week was uh, Hamas Rodriguez has now been tied to Inter Miami. They have began some sort of discussions with Real Madrid. Uh, Hamas, most people I think probably initially remember him from winning the the uh, Golden Boot in the 2014 World Cup with Colombia. Uh, shortly after that, went to Real Madrid. 84 appearances, 29 goals. Not, I don't think it was what they were really hoping for, both sides. He's been on loan with Bayern uh, Munich over the past couple of years. 43 appearances, 14 goals. But, you know, He's really in the prime of his career. I'm not upset with this one at all. I would still have my preference on Edison, but, uh, you know, hey, let's add another stud midfielder or winger into our attack, and uh, I think good things will come. Um, he is the Colombian kid, not to be confused with the Columbus kid, Mr. Will Trap, who we're going to get into, but one other fun little tidbit the team is doing. There is this all-in um corona relief effort that's going on right now it's supposed to be the biggest digital uh campaign to raise money for it david beckham has now thrown his hat in the ring he is auctioning off tickets for a unique experience a five-on-five -five game with the winner and four of their friends against david and his hand-picked squad at the stadium followed by lunch some extracurriculars in there as well you can go to the website inner miami uh 
cf.com. You can bid their donations. They're like $10 to 10 entries or like $100 to 200 entries. So it's one of those things. But it would be pretty cool to get out there on the field and be able to play with David Beckham. But that's really, I mean, I think the majority of the, the news. Yeah, absolutely, Jay. And I think we touched on it a little bit last week, too, when David Guetta did the fundraiser at the Icon in Brickle. Anything possible to give back and donate and just do your part. You know, the whole world is suffering right now. So that's great to see the team go ahead and collaborate and put something together that can offer, you know, some type of relief for those people who have been affected by COVID 19. So that's great to see. And, Jay, I think without. Further ado, man, we got to get into this interview with Will Trapp. Yeah, let's not keep him waiting. Five minutes has probably seemed like an hour, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's go ahead and bring bring in Will. And we hope you guys enjoy this interview. We sure know we did. Absolutely. Let's bring him on. Well, everybody, we are so excited to have Mr. Will Trapp on the podcast here today. He is a fan favorite first-time guest on the podcast. But first and foremost, Will, why don't you give the fans a little bit of an idea of, you know, the type of player you are, the type of person you are, and, you know, kind of your approach to the game, and just kind of, I guess, shed a little bit of light about you yourself. Yeah, well, first of all, guys, thanks for having me on. This is this is fun. Um, for me, I, I, uh, I'm a type of player that is very subtle, I guess you could say, in the way that I play and the way I try to um, help my teammates. It's it's a very um, passing-orientated type of, of style of play where I'm just kind of getting players in positions to be successful. So I, I sit in the deep-lying kind of playmaker position where I'm orchestrating um, the game from the back half of the team up to the front half of the team and just trying to connect and link link the group. So that's that's really me as a as a player. Um, I've I've always valued and and loved the ball. I mean, I think it's funny when I was a kid, my dad used to pay me twenty five cents for a goal and fifty cents for an assist. So from a from a young <laughs> age, it was very much about like how can you provide and help your teammates. So I, mm-hmm. I've always taken that to heart. Um, I uh, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. I played for Columbus Crew SC for the. Uh, the bulk until this past year of my, my professional career, um, was the captain there for three years. So had a, a amazing experience in my hometown club, but, um, was so excited to, to step into something new here in Miami with a great coach, with great players, uh, and a great idea of how we want to attack this league and, and, and make something special down here in Miami. So it's been amazing for me. Um, on top of it, I have, a wife and a six month old. We were just talking before. If you guys hear any background, it's probably him crying. Um, <laughs> no, it's but, just uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. uh, but uh, it's been amazing. I mean, I know this time is crazy for, for all of us. Right. Um, but to have a little bit of a respite in the middle of, of our career to really spend time with family and, and connect with, with them, especially in a new city and a new place. It's, it's been a nice pause. Although, there's nothing I'd rather do than be back on the field playing. So that's a little bit about me. It's nothing too, too in depth, but um, yeah, pretty easy going person for the most part. Uh, that's how I roll. Awesome. And, and I mean, you are basically like the Columbus kid. You have, you spent pretty much <laughs> what, your whole life in Columbus, correct? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they, so they play that narrative about- up pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. What was it? What was it like finding out you were, you know, coming down to Miami? What was that transition away from, the home you've known your whole life into a kind of a new yeah, adventure. 
Sure, sure. Well, I think I had desire to change, to be honest. My wife and I, we were, we just felt like, okay, we've been here in Columbus for a long time. And at some point in your career, I think you want to experience something different. And for me, I, I certainly did. And um, I was actually in preseason with Columbus and then I found out um, it was a very quick process, guys. It's crazy, actually, how quickly it can all turn around. But um, found out Miami was interested, found out. And actually, I know Paul McDonough quite well from he was my first agent when I signed with uh, in MLS um, and knowing his track record at Atlanta, all those sorts of things really made this uh, a situation in a place that I was very excited to, to step into. And then honestly, you don't you never know with an expansion team. And then when I set foot first from the first moment, I set foot in in the club and meeting guys, it's been just top class. I mean, it really, really has. And, um, it just kind of validates your, your decision-making, right. Um, cause you, you don't know. And then, uh, your hope things will go well. And then ultimately when you meet the people and you're in the environment, you, you start to realize, okay, God put me here for a reason. And this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And I mean, this is really the first expansion team you've been a part of, unless you've been kind of moonlighting, helping other expansion teams out. But, um, you know, what excites you about that process of coming in and building something brand new with a whole new team, whole new staff, coaches, all that good stuff? Yeah, it's it's the history of it, right? Like we're writing the history. This podcast, for example, like the the first game in L.A., the, the game in D.C., like every moment we're together, every moment we're doing something with the club is is history in the making. And I think it's a great challenge and it's an exciting opportunity to build the ethos of the club right like we get the opportunity as players and as the staff to say this is who we want to be not just now but who we want this club to be in a year five years ten years all the way down the road and I think that's that's incredible I mean I've never had that experience I, I went into a club in Columbus for example that had won an MLS Cup before had been one of the first franchises in the league um so while it's a short history there's still history there um but this is a completely new thing. And I think that's a it's a great opportunity. It's, a, it's an exciting one for me as an individual and then as a group, too. Yeah. And you just touched on it. You, you've been, you know, homegrown player from Columbus, you know, your entire life. You had 185 appearances there. How you know, how is the change in scenery in South Florida as you know, kind of the, the, the area, the geographic location been versus, you know, kind of the player in joining a new expansion team? Yeah, I, I think that's that's been probably even well, just as exciting rather. The cultural immersion that you get here in South Florida is something that uh, I love, man. I mean, I think it's such a cool melting pot of cultures here, um, and and that really bodes well for the sport of of soccer, sport of football here. But it also creates challenges too, right? Because you have diversity of backgrounds, diversity of nationalities, diversity of ethnicities. And we as a club are trying to bring them together to support us. Right. Um, but for me, like growing up in pretty much white bread America, you know, um, it's, it's been incredible to step into something that's outside your comfort zone. And that's where you grow the most. Um, whether it's at training when Diego's speaking only Spanish and I have to draw upon my, my years of school in Spanish or my teammates in Spanish that I've had over the course of my career, uh, I think that's, it's exciting because you're growing, you know, I think the status quo of staying the same and doing the same things eventually gets old. Right. Um, and 
South Florida has been, it's been great to us so far. It's hot. It's certainly hot as hell, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's been really, really great. Yeah, we, we, I think you're still in uh, tune for your first summer down here, too. It gets a little bit hotter, I'll be honest. But this is uncharacteristic, right? Like, right now, we're at a different, like, it shouldn't be this hot in March, April, correct? That's what no, I'm it's actually, it, uh, it's actually It's actually pretty cool right now. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a little bit cooler <laughs> than typical, I'd say. Oh, wow. We'll do, okay. We'll do, another pod. <laughs> we'll do a pod in July, and then we'll talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I honestly think, like, I, I was in the same boat you were in, you know, in about, what, 2000 seven or eight when I, cause I'm from Louisville and, and I was grew up there oh, okay. my whole life. Yeah. So not far yeah. from, from you at all. Then, you know, I went to, yeah. to Florida state and ended up basically just staying down here. And I mean, it was definitely a change, but it's something that you grow very fond of and, and fall in love with. So, you know, welcome. We're, we're very excited to have you down here. And as most of us know, as most of the listeners know, we acquired you via trade with the Columbus crew. And you, you just said, you know, uh, that hap- it can happen so fast, right? Making that transition. Sure. But how did that conversation or news come to you? Were you surprised or did you, did you know it was coming? Kind of how did those things develop? Yeah. So funny enough, like I was saying, we were, I was in preseason with Columbus and it was a situation in which, look, I, I had to kind of told them I didn't want to be there anymore. And they had kind of reciprocated the same simply because of it had been seven years. It had, it was just time. Right. And no situation had come up yet that would like whether a trade or a move abroad or any of those things. So I'm in preseason with Columbus until something changes. So we were in Cancun, actually we had landed in Cancun, um, for, I think I had been there two days. Um, and I'd been speaking with my agent, uh, pretty much every hour. Um, and he had broached that Miami had, had shown interest maybe the day before. Um, and this was like January 30th. Um, one of my best friends on the team back in Columbus, his close friend is AJ Del Garza. He had been speaking to AJ. Um, AJ was saying that they, he had heard rumblings about my name being thrown around, vice versa. Um, so then morning of the 31st, I wake up and it's like, Hey, trade went through, you're going to Miami. Um, I was supposed to train that morning, didn't train, packed all my stuff, turned around, was on a flight by probably two o'clock from Cancun to Sarasota where the boys had just had gotten in from, I think, Port St. Port St. Lucie, maybe, where they were in preseason before mm-hmm. Sarasota. And then, um, yeah, man, train the next day, first training, and hit the ground running, bro. But it's uh, it's something where you just you take it as it comes. And like I said earlier, like God just he puts the right situation in front of you. And I had been praying a lot about, okay, what's – what's the change that's going to come and you're trying to figure out what the plan is supposed to be. And ultimately like you just kind of roll with, with what happens. And like I said, I I couldn't be happier about knowing a little bit about the club because obviously it's an expansion club, but knowing about the the bones of the infrastructure with Paul being here knowing guys like AJ and Luis and Ramon Lee. um, These are people that I, that I've respected throughout the league and know that they're not, they're not just like your average players that are stepping into something. So I think that was that was something that also excited me and energized me. And then getting to know Diego and his staff very quickly as well. Uh, I consulted with Greg Berhalter, who is my coach in Columbus now with the national team. Um, and I was like, hey, Greg, like, what do you know about Diego? What do you know about his style? And he goes, honestly, he, you will fit in very, very well with with how he wants to play. And for me, that was probably the biggest selling point on it because here's someone in Greg that I respect immensely that knows me very well. Um, and, and if he's kind of giving his blessing, so to speak, then uh, I was obviously going to 
put a lot of weight into into what he had to say. So that was another part for me that it just it all came together in the right, perfect way for me. Yeah, and you you actually just touched on it, and you you have international experience, which on the U.S. team it's it's a little bit something that the team doesn't yet bring to the table that you do. I mean, you've been playing in you know U fourteen, under fifteen, even all the way back to your middle teens, you know, and you kind of built this all the way up to present time. Can you kind of talk to us a little bit about the major differences and experiences you see in that international play and how the international game may change from the game of MLS? Yeah, uh, it's it's a great point. So I think naturally you have to look at the difference of what is a club format versus an international format, right? Like in your club, you're with these guys every day. You're train, you're at training, you're hanging out outside the field. Like you can work on things over a longer period of time. And then as soon as you have an international window, it's 10 days. And it's, I mean pardon pardon my French, so to speak, but it's balls to the wall. I mean, you're just going for it and you're figuring it out and you're hoping guys are fit, you're hoping guys are in form, all those sorts of things. So for me, I think the adjustment going to that level is realizing that there's no breaks, right? Like it's just go, 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 go. And you always have to try to perform at your best and the pressure's higher. And it's maybe not as tactical at times as you would have with your club environment because you don't have the time to really work on things as as detailed as you'd probably hope and, and want. Um, but it's it's so exciting because you get to step out, A, for your country, which is probably the greatest honor you can have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then B, you're playing against, in many cases, world-class players that you've, you've watched on TV, you've admired, whatever it may be. And um, you want to be pushing yourself and, and testing yourself against the best players. And I think it's fun example. A fun example is looking at a guy like Rodolfo here in Miami, right? Like playing against him, seeing him for Mexico um, and then getting to know him as a person now as a teammate. I think that's it's fun when you have those those gaps that are bridged um, with this sport. And it's it's amazing. But the international game is it's a different level for sure. But it's one that um, can bring so much pride to not only your country, but to you as an individual. And I've seen with family and, um, those extensions of, of people that maybe aren't a casual soccer fan. They watch team USA games. They watch USMNT games. They do that, you know, and that, that's pretty cool to me. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on it. I mean, you know, international play has such a short window to develop not just team camaraderie, but, you know, actually get together a strategy to go out and win some games. Do you feel that that has prepared you almost for joining an expansion team where, you know, you are forced in that situation? And like you said, you know, joining the team over in Port St. Lucie and you kind of had to kind of kind of had to adapt really quickly. Did you feel that that almost prepared you more for that moment? I think so. I think the versatility that comes with a a career at the international level or games at the international level um, helps you realize, okay, it's not going to be perfect, right? Like you just have to, you have to adapt and those that adapt best become the most successful. Um, And I I think those experiences have helped me kind of wrap my brain around that because it, nothing's just going to be catered to you. You know, you wish it was, you wish it was easy, but at the same time, it's, it's meant to be difficult. It's meant to be hard. And I think um, I tried to draw upon those experiences as much as I could, as well as just honestly, man, connecting with the guys that you meet first when you show up, 
um, guys that you know, guys that you don't know, and just trying to immerse yourself in in the culture of the group that you're observing around yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be awesome to be able to come in and create something with, you know, you know, many of the the veterans on this team, you know, they're friends of yours, and then coming in, uh, you know, kind of that creating like this picture per- perfect setup for you must be awesome. But in the same breath, you're a veteran yourself. And there are younger players on this team who are new to the league. Mm-hmm. And there are even some players who are a little bit older, but, you know, haven't really played in, in the MLS. So what's in what ways do you prepare and, and kind of approach being in a mentor role, both to, um, you know, the younger guys and, and maybe some of the, the, you know, older individuals who are just new to the MLS? Sure, sure. I think for me, my style in, in that regard, and I guess a mentor leadership role um, is really more from example. I mean, I, I do talk a lot, but I'm, I'm a little quieter when it comes to um, the locker room and like being a, a loud, loud voice and joking around that type of stuff. I, I, I like to do my talking on the field, so to speak of, hey, if there's a young guy that's similar position or he we connect in our spots on the field, like a center back to me, for example, we pass the ball to each other quite a bit. So understanding, okay, this guy is is new to the league. He hasn't maybe seen this striker that I know we're going to be playing against. And it's just grabbing him in the couple of trainings before a game and saying, hey, he's super physical. He likes to hang on the line. Like, just look for this. Here's how we can solve it. And I really tried to look at it that way of how can I communicate about soccer, communicate about football in a way that builds the relationship on the field, um, but then also will be someone that now if we have that relationship on the field he can look at me off the field and and bridge those gaps maybe if we don't even speak the same language you know what i mean it's it's the the great equalizer is our is our sport and how we can maybe not communicate effectively uh via the same language but we still understand each other and can can be productive um and ultimately with a new group that's that's the biggest thing you want to build relationships you want to build continuity and chemistry uh, and I think we've done a really good job of that. I think we've done a really good job of having the right pieces in place of, of guys that are diverse in how they, they lead and how they can help and, and be wisdom for the younger, newer guys to the league. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, it's a universal language. So that definitely rings true in regards to communicating, you know, in practices or on the field. Um, obviously we know a lot of the players come from different backgrounds, so there's kind of that Spanish and then, then English side to it. Are there just a lot of, uh, in, in interpreters, uh, around the field, translators around the field, or, you know, how's that process kind of roll out? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. Um, I was curious of how it was going to work. Um, and Diego is actually, he's, he's worked immensely at his English and it's, it's coming along quite well, to be honest. So he'll do nice. Yeah, majority of it is in Spanish, but he, he does his best in English as well to to try to communicate because he wants to learn, too. I mean, you won't meet a more competitive person, to be honest. Um, so he speaks in Spanish. He'll try a little bit in English. But then we also have one of his assistant coaches uh, translates everything into English. And then you have guys that are are bilingual on the uh, on the team as well. A guy like Victor Yo is a huge, huge um crutch for a lot of us of okay what did he say you know what i mean like in specifics um but i also think like you said so much of of our sport 
can be translated honestly through body language and through movements of like it doesn't matter if it's english spanish whatever you you can see okay diego wants me to do this because he's motioning this way and there's intensity in his voice or it's softer and you know what i mean um the the subtlety of things um and and the beauty of body language i think is it's it plays out almost on a daily basis for us uh but like i touched on earlier it's it's something that i think is a fun fun challenge um and it's i've always wanted to become fluent in spanish um and now i actually get to practice it and use it on a daily basis which i think is well not right now daily basis but um when we are training and together daily basis uh and i think that's awesome man no well, it is on- it's, it's got to help you out not only with the team, but also just living down here. You know, there's so many, absolutely such a Spanish influence, man. You go anywhere, especially down in Miami, it will get you much further. Yeah, yeah, who, for sure. I have I have a question. Who has better Spanish, Will Trap or Ben Sweat? I don't know, Benny. I don't know Benny's <laughs> Spanish. Uh, <laughs> ben said he has some good Spanish skills. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I mean, all I'll say is when I speak Spanish, like off the bat, people actually like they keep talking to me in Spanish because my accent is very good. So they think I'm like a native speaker. And I've had numerous people tell me that. So I don't know how Benny's doing over there, but I'm I think I'm on a decent track here. Colloquial. All right, solid. <laughs> well, ben is a fan of the pod here, so maybe we'll have an event here on the Spanish off or a language. <laughs> a, a Spanish. <laughs> we'll do a Spanish <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. I can there tell Jay go. and I's commitment to everybody else has been working on our Spanish too. I think we get uh, we get a little ridiculed on that, but that's fine. My English is just as bad, but um, <laughs> but you know, obviously, you know, outside, you know, our respective quarantine zones, I feel like they are now. You know, we're dealing with COVID, and before we get into the isolation period, you know, take mm-hmm. us back. You know four or five, you know, shoot, is it almost six weeks ago uh, since crazy, the DC yeah. United, it's unbelievable, since the DC yeah. United game. And, you know, kind of talk to us about, you know, how how well was the team gelling? How were the spirits in the locker room? Things like that. We were literally days away from our season opener here in South Florida. Can you, can you kind of take us back to that moment and share a little bit about it? Absolutely. I think it's 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 fun to reminisce on it right now because <laughs> we're missing it so much. Uh, I mean, look, I think we we put in tons and tons of work in preseason. We had the first game in L.A., which, is, of course, is going to be a difficult game um, against the, the Supporter Shield winners from a year ago. And um, honestly, I, I thought we we despite losing, which we were very upset and frustrated and disappointed about, we, we did some things that. Normally, uh, an expansion team isn't as organized, isn't as intense, and, I mean, didn't make it easy in any regard and had opportunities as well to tie the game, if not win the game. And I think we drew a lot of strength from that game. Uh, stepping into D.C., I think, as well, you go, you start the game extremely strong um, with more and more chances. We defended very well. Um, we attacked, I thought, well with... Um, Rodolfo, Robbie, um, Lewis, and guys getting into forward positions um, in a confident and, and dangerous way. And then obviously, look, the, the red card is the red card, and it changes the complexity of the game. And that's something where um, you can feel bad for yourselves or you can try to to continue to, to push. And the unfortunate thing, I think, was we let ourselves down in our mentality in those moments. And I think with a new group, we need to continue to be sh- – to understand and be strong and 
okay, it's five minutes. This is five minutes that changed the entire game. Because we go from basically 2-0, feeling really, really good, to now red card, 1-1, 2-1. Now we're climbing the mountain down a man. Um, but ironically, we were doing a, uh, a film session yesterday. Uh, we do like Zoom film sessions. Uh, since we can't meet in person, we do it, it, it over those platforms. And we were watching our pressing uh, at, in that game against D.C., with 10 men and how we were able to continue to make it so difficult on them and actually control the game. Um, even though we were down a man and, and Diego was like, I mean, talk about a competitor, but he was so excited and like, honestly thrilled about like the heart of this group. And that's something that I'll say is the passion that you're going to see and that I've already felt is different than I've, than I've experienced in any of the teams I've been on before. Um, everything just has a different quality of it just matters more uh and and i think we're coached that every play of every training and into the game and it, it has to be 100 percent. and you start to build this this love or this appreciation um or you're stretching muscles soccer muscles uh that maybe you've never you've never exercised before and i think for me, this group has has that in spades. I mean, we have passion and heart and um, a, a desire to continue to win and improve, um, like a like no team I've been on before. And I think that's that's something that I know we will continue to build and we will c- continue to help us in the future. Um, on top of the fact that, like I said, we're a new group and there's tactical elements that we continue to need to improve and we're doing that i mean we're we're sitting here three days a week four days a week doing zoom calls to continue to build our model of play and our philosophy of play i don't i i I don't see that in many other clubs in terms of the the stimulation that players need in this time especially um but doing it in a way that actually makes your players want to right and for me that okay, yeah, it's, you've lost the two first games of the year, and that's disappointing. Trust me, I'm not going to write that off as, as not disappointing. But I do want to look at it with a little bit more of, a, of an objective eye of, okay, what elements were good? What elements can we continue to build and will we'll continue to build even though we're not on the field? Uh, and I know for sure that we're doing that right now, and for me, that's huge. Yeah, we, we share the same exact view as you, right? We, there are so many positives to take away from these first two games. And we're honestly a handful of just mental mistakes away from literally being, you know, have at least having one win and one draw, if not two wins. So there's, there's definitely a, you can see the potential of the team. And it's good to hear that, you know, none of the players are taking it lightly that they do realize that the, you know, own two start isn't, isn't great, but that they all seem to focus on the positives and continue to grow. Cause we say it a lot. It's probably Alex's favorite line now is we're the best Owen two team in the league, you know, cause we are competitive <laughs> right off the bat coming out against that LA, was, that was going to change too <laughs> against the LA galaxy. That was going to change hundred percent, hundred percent. No, I mean that game, honestly, the buildup, like, you wouldn't have thought that we had lost two games in a row, like going into that week, going into the buildup to that game. I mean, you could see it in our training methods and our, in our intensity. Like we felt confident. We, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the season, to be honest, if we even play on galaxy this year. Uh, but like you, you could look at it objectively and say like, look, we, 
we can improve and we will improve and we're going to we have the measures in place to do so i think a lot of teams it's like yeah we did good things yeah we did bad things and like we can improve but there's no clarity of of how to do that and this is something i've been super impressed with and i think what the fans and 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 you guys may enjoy is the vision of the of the coaching staff and the the step-by-step fundamental processes that have been put in place man like you can see the the building and like they are the cliche of rome wasn't built in a day like it's true you have to continue to trust the process of what we're doing and add layer upon layer and i think we're doing that and it's only going to to get better agreed 100 percent agree you know what what have your thoughts been like on the fans and the supporters because they are so excited so rowdy and we asked you know louise but what were your thoughts like when you got off that bus in los angeles and you were greeted to mad shouting dancing cheering fans you know popping the smokes and just greeting you guys with such energy i mean what's that been like just to come down to something new but see the the support and obsession the community has with it i think obsession is such a good word man i think that's such a good word uh, it's what you want as a player i, I don't I, I don't know how else to say it like when when you know that it matters so much to these people to these these fans these aficionados these just passionate passionate people about our sport but about our club uh as a player, you take that to heart. You see this as something more than just, I'm going to go out and train today. I'm going to go out and play a game today. Like, no, 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 this matters. And I think that adds to that passion that I was speaking about earlier. On top of it, I think what's so disappointing and just, it just sucks right now is the fact that who knows what's going to happen this season? Who knows what's going to happen with games? Will we play in front of fans? Um, Will we play behind closed door i i don't know truly i mean it's it's so much a moving target and uncertain at the moment and and for me it's 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 a shame if things go the way that they potentially could worst case scenario that we don't play games in front of fans because we know that our strength will be derived from from you guys from you guys as fans that are in the stadium having our backs you know and and i think um i don't want that to deflate what can be done this season, what this season means. I mean, outside of COVID, just kind of wrecking anything anyway. Um, but the the passion and the excitement that's kind of like swirled around the club, I, it's just a shame that it, it may not be as, as strong as we wanted it to be. Although you never know. I mean, truly. So it's, it's a different time, of course, right now. But when when we were all together and we had the fans there, I mean, look, it's it's incredible. I mean, it really is. The the guys were, I mean, we're filming everything because this is, it's, it's as good as it gets. Yeah, and I mean, you touched on it. I mean, COVID is here. Um, how, how are you mentally, physically, spiritually handling everything going on in society? It's thrown such a wrench into everyone's day to day. You know, how are, how are you coping with everything? Yeah, uh, I think you have to first look at what can you control, right? Um, I can control my work every day. I can control a schedule that I put out um, because you're not going anywhere. You're just trying to be productive each day. And I think the club has done an amazing job. I touched on the Skype meet or the Zoom meetings we've had uh, from a tactical perspective, but we also have a, a training program 
each week that comes out, we have runs, we have all these things that hold you accountable as a player. Um, that I, I mean, for me, it's necessity. <laughs> you need it not only like to keep your body strong so that when we do come back, you're ready, but also it's just a great outlet for the steam of sitting inside and, um, not really having a, a ton to do every day. So I really try to, to go out and I do the runs early in the morning. I go at like five 30. I'm a maniac like that, but, um, it's, it's actually the only time that I can beat the blazing heat and, uh, run on a turf field. That's not getting kicked out by park rangers. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. the, uh, that's been huge. I mean, you're coping with it from a physical perspective, but the club has given us almost every resource that we would need to do so, um, which I, I I've enjoyed. Um, and then honestly, man, like I touched on, I, I think what's been great is just getting to spend time with family, right? It's, it's a cliche in this time. People keep saying, Oh yeah, it's great to spend time with family. But for me, seven weeks, I was gone from my wife and my son. I didn't see him for seven weeks. And then, my wife's trying to organize moving a house from Columbus down to Miami. And then she's also basically being a single parent at the same time and getting our son on a schedule, all those things. It's just, it's the outside of the game stuff that you don't owe that fans don't think of or, or know about that really do affect us as people more than just the player. Um, so having this time to just be together has been huge. We can establish our, our family again, our routines again, are just like normalcy. Um, so I've, I've really kind of sunk my teeth into that. Um, and then honestly, man, like I, from a spiritual aspect, it's really just understanding, okay, so many people are struggling right now. So many people are, are in bad, bad moments. And, and what can we do, even though we're behind our front door um, to, to try to help others? So um, I did a, uh, one of my best friends is, a an academy coach out in Salt Lake city, Utah. And I did a podcast with him as well. And they ended up donating money to a charity back in Columbus that we're super passionate about. So it's just finding little ways that you can try to help people, man. I think, um, you got to get your mind off yourself in these moments. Um, and, and, and understand the bigger picture of this global event that's happening and, and the people that are struggling and how can you, in your own way help. And I think you're seeing that all over the country, all over the world. And it's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, when we were speaking with Luis last week, he mentioned almost the identical thing is that really people, you know, the fans, you know, really anyone that's not the player themselves, they don't understand the strain that the player's family can take, especially when you're, you know, relocating to somewhere brand new, you know, halfway across the nation. So, um, you know, it, it's tough to really, appreciate everything fully you know you can appreciate the 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 play uh you know the results but to really fully understand everything that goes on in your world everything that you've got to deal with and manage you know it's much greater than that so it's good to to hear that you're enjoying the additional time with the family and that things are kind of returning to um you know a level of of, of normalcy that that you were looking for yeah quasi normal sure <laughs> yeah and now just Curious question of mine. So you mentioned you go on 530 runs. I think Alex is one of those kind of psychopaths as well that can wake up before and, <laughs> and go run. Um, Every so day. You, 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 you guys have quite a bit in common, but um, you know, I'm, I'm much more of a sprinter. I'm, I'm not a long distance guy at all. But just curious, as far as you know, what, what, what kind of music you got in your headphones when you're taking these runs at 530? 
Oh man, I, I don't know if I'm gonna add to the psychopath in me because I don't even listen to music, dude. Like, is that is that bad? Really? I don't know. No, yeah, just taking in nature. No, okay. Yeah, I just I just like to kind of hear. For me, it's the breathing helps like keep a rhythm, so I keep on pace for the most part. Um, and I also like honestly at 5:30 in the morning, it's pretty dark, and I like to have my wits about me and not have my headphones in where I can't hear what's around. Um, cause you just never know, to be honest, car come in or whatever. So I like to be aware, I guess. Um, but I had my, I did have my headphones in for some shorter distance, distance ones the other day. What did I have on? It was just like an iTunes, my purchase. I think it was like the Adele album, to be honest. It was like her 27 <laughs> or something. And I was like, all right, yeah, this is kind of fire. I, I do like Adele. <laughs> uh, Not afraid to admit it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. Are there, I mean, when you're not running around the neighborhood, are there any other hobbies or new things that you picked up during this quarantine time? Oh man, let me think. We'd like to cook. So we, we try to cook, uh, and it's funny because now you go to the grocery store once every two weeks, probably. So you use your leftovers. So you have to get creative with that. Um, cooking is a big one, which I don't know is a hobby, but it's something we do. Um, what else? I have like speakers around the house. So we like my son at like 430, five o'clock. He's like starting to wind down, but he's not quite there. And it's before his evening dinner. So. We do like a, a dance party where I'll put music on and go. dance and dance with him. And he j he's in this little bouncer, dude. And he goes ape shit. He just loves it. Like, <laughs> so it's like, it's good for me. It gives mom a break. It's like, yeah. it's fun. I actually, I filmed one. I filmed a, a daddy, whatever, daddy dance party with, with the little guy a couple of days ago. It was hilarious. So, um, just little stuff like that, man. I mean, it's it's pretty simple, but it goes a long way of keeping your mind um, off of watching the news for an extended period of time, to be honest. Yeah, no, I cannot agree more. The, the best thing that you really will experience moving forward as a father is that the happiest moment is going to be your your son's face lighting up. Right. So whatever you can do to make oh. him smile. That, that fulfills you so, so much. So that, that's awesome he could, to hear. Yeah, he, he could cry all day. And as soon as he gives me a smile, I'm like, you're good, yeah. dude. Whatever you yeah. want. Whatever yep, you want. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. What, um, what part of, uh, of South Florida did you, you know, end up finding a place? Yeah, so, I mean, you got to think about where's this current stadium and training facility. We're in Fort, it's in Fort Lauderdale. So for us, mm -hmm. it made more sense to be closer to your job. You know, like where you go every day is pretty much the train facility. So proximity to that was a priority. So we found a place in Fort Lauderdale that um, we settled in. And honestly, on top of all the other things like finding normalcy, but also just getting into a home and making it your home. There's always something that can distract you and take your time. And that's been that's been a fun, I guess. I mean, fun in quotes. Uh <laughs> exercise that we've had to yep. undertake of just getting things like situated and packed unpacked and moved in and there's all the home goods trips stuff like that oh man the I've been to home depot, <laughs> home depot and Lowe's more than i would like to say um so stuff like that too we, we're in fort lauderdale but we're loving it man we're loving it yeah and you touched on it how how's your experience i mean i know right now we're kind of isolated and quarantined to the facility but how how's your firsthand experience of the facility we hear nothing but tens across the board yeah i mean the play so 
it's incredible. Like if I compare it to what I had in Columbus for eight years, it's, you can't, you just can't compare. Um, the gym is the, almost the size of the entire facility we had in Columbus. So the, uh, the quality of it, the, the way it's laid out, I mean, it's fantastic. It really is. They've given us every opportunity to succeed. And, uh, I think as a player, it's, it's great to see the, the vision, um, of the club, but also the fact that they're, they're going to spare no expense to try to, to win. And that's great. Definitely. Now, so you've been able to at least have a few weeks of, you know, normal living down here, but what is going to be the first thing that you're going to do once all this is over first South Florida activity for you and the family, what's it going to be? I mean, we're going to go to the beach, dude. Like, it's funny. You're here and you've been inside and you almost forget that the water is like 10 minutes away. Yep, so right there. We'll, yep. Yeah, we'll go to the beach. Um, I think that's we we've at times just driven past it because we're like, oh, yes, <laughs> there is something nice, like very close to us that we just haven't been able to see. Like we've taken runs around and gone down Sunrise Boulevard or Los Olas or whatever to check it out. Um, but, yeah, go to the beach. Go have a nice meal out at a, at a restaurant and just experience and soak up the little things culturally that, that we have here. Yeah, I mean, you cannot be just taking a stroll down A1A, whether you're in a vehicle or, or on foot, man. It, it truly is a, a beautiful place to, to live. And how has uh, South Florida treated your family as a whole? How do Dude, they it's been great. Yeah. yeah, it's been great. Uh, obviously, there's there's just headaches coming with moving and organizing all that. But once we've been settled, like I said, it's been fantastic. We've met neighbors. We've met people that have been just so accommodating, so friendly. Um, the club, like I said, they've been incredible with helping us get situated. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it really, it's, it's been awesome. We, we took a, I think it was like a couple of days after, um, maybe it was the Saturday where we were supposed to be playing galaxy. We went down to like Miami design district and walked around there. We did, um, we just saw little things here and there to get a better sense of a greater scope of the, the Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. And look, it's, it's such a cool place with so much diversity and we're excited to now once this gets lifted to experience it, actually, you know, that's been the, we feel like caged animals, you know, we want to see it and we just can't at the moment. Yeah, you got a little little tease, and and now you're uh, stuck inside. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's wild. I've been living down here for about a decade now, and the best part about South Florida is just all the different things to do. It just seems like a city that's always changing, new people coming in, new events, et cetera, et cetera. Whether it's entertainment, food, you know, it doesn't matter. South Florida is definitely the best place, and. You know, I guess as we kind of draw to a close on the today's podcast here, is there any messages that you really want to relay to the fans or the supporters during these strange and odd times? Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, guys, I think the the big thing that I wanted to share is like, just stay with us, you know? I mean, everybody is working so hard to find a way to make this season one that's memorable um, and memorable in the right ways, right? Um, and we can't undersell how important um, the fans are, how important they are to the being the lifeblood of our of our club, being um, so much a part of what we as players look toward and are excited about when we step on the field. Um, so so my message is just stay with us. Uh, try to keep involved with the social media, keep involved with 
a lot of the fun things that the club are doing to, to engage, um, engage you guys. And I think little things like this as well go a long way for people just to get to know us, even though they can't see us on the field, they might get a better sense of who Luis is and who Will is and who Jerome and Luis are um, as well. And, and those things go a long way for, for people to kind of, Although being apart from from soccer, you you still feel connected. So um, I can't thank you guys enough for the time today. This has been fun. Um, and and go go into Miami, man. Let's do this. We'll get there soon. Almost Miami, to- baby. See see see. Well, uh, look, I know we've been trying to coordinate this for uh, it feels like you know quite a, quite a while. You're very busy, so thank you so much for the time. Uh, we're very grateful. We know the fans are gonna love it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Bill Trap, what a pleasure to have on the podcast. But have a great day. Stay safe. Uh, best wishes to the family as well, sir. Same, guys. Take care. Thanks, Will. Well, we hoped everybody enjoyed that as much as we did. We, we strive to give you, even if it's 40, 50, 60 minutes, a break through your week and give you a little bit of fun and excitement as well as, you know, kind of just fire up those inner Miami juices. But as you heard, that was Will Trap number six on the pitch for inner Miami. He is our starting midfielder, a homegrown kid out of Columbus, Ohio, 185 appearances, I believe, 20 international matches. Dude's an absolute stud. I know everybody's thrilled to have him on the team here. So um, awesome, awesome experience, Jay. And we look forward to having the next guest on here. Hopefully not too uh, too far away in the future. We really do. And it's just been so cool to learn more about them as a person, not so much just, just them as a player. Uh, you know, we really have a great set of, of, of guys on this squad, man. Everyone that we've had the privilege of speaking to just through and through great person. Um, and that's awesome to see from a team standpoint. So, you know, big, big thanks coming in the future for this squad, but thank you for tuning in again. Uh, if you don't follow us on social, at Intermiami Podcast, Instagram, and Facebook. Shoot us an email, Jay and Alex at intermiamipodcast.com and check out the website. It's up, it's running, intermiamipodcast.com. And with that, Vamos Miami. Vamos Miami. Everybody have a safe week and we'll get back at you soon.